Well, I, I, I got a passage of scripture today that um, I really believe is going to encourage you. It's Genesis chapter 22. And if you don't know much about the history of Christianity, many people believe that our opportunity to even be Christians began with a man by the name of Abraham. If you grew up in church, somebody's singing that song, Father Abraham, right now. I know you are. But Genesis 22 is a story of uh, Abraham having the son that God promised him he would have, God asking him to do a difficult thing, march that son up the mountain and sacrifice him. Weird request, right? A request that God would meet himself thousands of years later with his one and only son, Jesus. And so it's a beautiful picture of the gospel message, the good news, the cross, that God sent his one and only son that you and I, if we believe, would have eternal relationship with God. Genesis 22 is a tough passage of scripture followed by uh, a really encouraging passage of scripture in Genesis chapter one, where Abraham has the son that God promised him. Now, I know many of us might not even know the full story of Abraham. So before I get into Genesis chapter 22, I got to tell you one important part about the story of Abraham is that God told Abraham when he was 75 that he would have a son. I don't know how many 75 year olds you know, but I know a few and none of them are thinking about having a baby with their wife. And here God shows up and tells Abraham that he will have a son at 75. And I would think that nine months later, right before 76, Abraham would have this child. But no, the Bible tells us that 25 years later, Abraham and his wife, Sarah, Sarah would give birth to this son when Abraham was 100. And if you read Genesis 22, it talks about them finally having their son, Isaac, at 100 years old. I can picture the scene. Abraham's probably telling his wife, I still got it, girl. That's what I would say to Christina if I had a baby at 100. I'd tell her, girl, I still got it. It was a celebration. Everybody was partying. It was amazing. It was awesome. Genesis 21 was a party. And I don't know about you, but the last five months of my life have felt like a celebration. October 13th, my wife and I were given the um, the great honor of leading Oasis Church after our founding pastors, Philip and Holly, did so for 35 years. And I can't tell you how many times since October 13th to right around March, I heard the words, congratulations, congratulations for five months. Those words rang through our ears. It was a beautiful sound. It felt like Genesis 21 for us, a big celebration. And then we got hit with a global pandemic. Wow, five months in and I'm sharing God's word in my living room. And to be honest, I, I was grieving. I felt like I was in the season that Abraham was in, in Genesis chapter 2, 22, where it says in verse one, sometime later after the party, God tested Abraham's faith. Have you ever had your faith tested Hopefully you're nodding like, yes, right now. Our faith is being tested. And that word test means to expand the boundaries or to search for the imperfections, to expand the boundaries of our faith and search for the imperfections. Matter of fact, Hebrews 11 calls, excuse me, Hebrews 12 calls Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. So God births faith in you and I. He begins it, he starts it. 
And then there's times like the one we are in now where God chooses to improve and perfect our faith. The Bible says God tested Abraham's faith. You know, I think of the analogy of going and taking a driver's test where you put your hand over one eye and you squint at the board and it's going really well because you can see the big A. You can see the, the big B and the, the big C. And, and they don't pass you on your eyesight test when you can see the big stuff because everybody can see that. You see where I'm going? Where they start to test you is can you see what other people cannot see? And that's where the letters start to get even smaller. And, and if you can't see those letters, then they don't not allow you to drive, but they but they make sure that you can drive with a, with lenses on glasses so that you can see what people, what other people can see. And I feel like that's kind of what God is doing when he tests our faith. He's wanting to see which lens do we see this through. I was encouraging somebody um, just today before I was filming this and I told them because it's been a tough time, I said, I really believe if we trust God, we will rise higher than the places we fell from. I'm gonna say that again because I believe not only was that for him, but that is for somebody watching. If you trust God during this time of the testing of your faith, you will rise higher than the place that you fell from. And I really believe that is for us. Abraham's faith was tested. Speaking of driver's tests, I was thinking about that Carrie Underwood song the other day. Um, not that I listen to Carrie Underwood. If you're watching, I think you're great. I just don't listen to country music. But she had that song, uh, Jesus Take the Wheel. Wasn't in key, but that you get the point. She had that song, Jesus Take the Wheel, and I had this thought. If Jesus is in the car, then why are we driving to begin with? I really believe that one of the things that I've lost that I never want to get back is control. I was controlling a lot of things that I thought that I was trusting God with and I was controlling. And I feel like I had this thought about that, that a valet becomes a thief when he drives the car longer than he's supposed to. And I really believe that there's some things that we've been controlling and, and been we think we're in charge of and God wants to build our trust and test our faith. And this is exactly what God did with Abraham. Job 23 verse 10 through 11 says this, but he knows where I am going. And when he tests me, I will come out as pure as gold. I'm gonna read that again because somebody needs to be encouraged. But he knows where I am going. And when he tests me, I will come out as pure as gold. You will come out of this better. You will come out of this stronger. You will come out of this with more vision and more clarity than you had. Like I said earlier, I believe if you trust the Lord, you will rise to higher levels than you fell from during this time. I believe it and I'm speaking it over your life in Jesus name because we all have to go through testing. And I know I stayed on that a minute, but it's important that we know that just like Abraham, God will test our faith. So the Bible says this was the test that God gave Abraham in verse two. Take your son, your only son. Does it sound familiar? This is such a picture of what Jesus did. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. 
I would have ran, not done it. But I love this next verse. The Bible says in verse three, the next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son, Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place that God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, do you see the parallels between this story and the good news that Jesus was resurrected on the third day? It says on the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there and we will come right back. I gotta rewind this iPad a little bit because Abraham said, we will worship there. God said, go and sacrifice. God didn't say, go worship me. God said, go and sacrifice your one and only son as a burnt offering. But yet three verses later, God, Abraham called what God told him to do his worship. Man, that is a powerful thing. And I know that Many of us out there are grieving loss, and I don't want to compare my grief to yours, but before I could even step in and try to lead this church through this season, I had to grieve. I was given this beautiful thing, this church and the people, and I can't even see them. I can't even go there. And I had to grieve the loss. And I want to be a little bit more like um, Abraham because he called what God called the sacrifice. Abraham said, we are going to worship. What if everything you lost this season would be the place of worship for you? What if everything you had to sacrifice and give up during this time? What if instead of calling it loss, what if instead of calling it that, we just called it our, our worship and we found a way to worship and honor God? in it. Abraham said, we will worship there and then we will come right back. Verse six says, so Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, we have the fire in the wood and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering. Isaac is starting to get a clue. He's like, okay, you got the fire, you got the wood, but where is the sheep? Abraham says to his son, God will provide a sheep for the bird offering, my son. Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. What a beautiful picture when Isaac had a question, where, where is the sheep? We're walking up this mountain to sacrifice, but all I see is me and you. All we have is us. Somebody's sitting in their living room right now with their family and it feels like that. Where is the, the sheep? Where is the job? Where is the income? Somebody's sitting in your living room and you're single and you thought this was the year you would get booed up and you can't even go outside. Even if you could go outside, everybody's supposed to wear a mask, according to our mayor. Thank you, mayor, for protecting us so well. But everybody's got to wear a mask so you can't even see what a brother or a sister look like. It's not the time to date. So what do you do when you feel like all we have is us? And then as a single path, a person, all I have is us. 
me? What, what do you do when these questions are, are, are being asked? I love what Abraham's response was. The Lord will provide. And they walked on together. If that's not the message, I could stop right now, but I'm not going to. I could stop right now with that. Out of all the questions, God, what about this? Where is this? What is going on? What if as a community, we just said to each other, the Lord will provide and we walked on together. What a powerful, powerful moment for a son and a father to have. And then the Bible says, when they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. Can you imagine that moment? You thought your faith was tested as you begin to go up the mountain with your son. But the moment that he raised the knife over the one son that he loved, not just that he loved, the son of promise, the one that God told him he would give him. Somebody right now is in a situation you feel just like that. You're raising your knife over your whole 2020. You're raising your knife over all of your dreams. You're raising your knife. It feels like you're raising your knife over everything that God promised you that he would do. And the Bible says that Abraham did that. And I want you to catch verse 11 when it comes on the screen right now. At that moment, not when he started the journey, not when Isaac asked the question, where is the sheep? At the moment where he thought it was all over, the 11th hour, at that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy. Don't lay a hand on the boy. I'm speaking to somebody. Don't you lay a hand on your dream. Don't you lay a hand on your purpose. Don't you lay a hand on your calling. Don't you hate lay a hand on your hope, your peace, your joy. Do not hurt him in any way, God, the angel of the Lord told Abraham. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me, even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. I want to pause there for just a moment and, and, and tell you this. Abraham, remember the knife was raised over. He, the Bible says he looked down at his son with the knife raised up. And I want you to write this down. Abraham went from looking down at what he had to give up to looking up at what God provided. Ooh, I'm going to say that again. Abraham went from down at what he had to give up to looking up at what God provided. I am telling you right now. This is a difficult season. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not trying to not be compassionate. We take calls every day from hurting people. But what I am saying is you will go from looking down at what you lost to looking up at what God provided if you allow him to build your faith and you trust him in this time. He went from down, looking down to what he had to give up to looking up at what God provided.
and verse 14 says, Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh, or you may have heard it, Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. And the Bible says to this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. I'm going to read that again. Abraham named the place. Abraham named the place Jehovah Jireh. The place Jehovah Jireh. You know, for years, I have been calling God Jehovah Jireh. And that is one of God's names. But when I was reading this passage of scripture, I, I didn't realize that's where Jehovah Jireh comes from. The Lord is our provider. It comes from Genesis chapter 22. But when I was reading this, I did not realize that Abraham did not call God Jehovah Jireh. I'm not saying it's wrong that we do, but he did not call God that. He called the place Jehovah Jireh. And sometimes, if we're not careful, we expect God to provide without being willing to go to the place of sacrifice. God provided at the place of sacrifice. I want to encourage somebody today because I know this is speaking to you and the Holy Spirit is putting this in your heart. I'm speaking this over you because you are willing to meet God at that place, sacrifice. You will know God by that name provider. I'm going to read it again because you are willing to meet God at that place, which is sacrifice. You will know God by that name provider. Abraham named the place. Isn't it to use that same context? Isn't it common for people to wait at the bottom of the mountain, clutching on to what they don't want to lose, calling on Jehovah Jireh? their provider. And I'm not saying that you need to feel guilty for doing that. What I'm suggesting is that Abraham didn't call the bottom of the mountain. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. He didn't even say it halfway up where his son said, where is the sheep for the sacrifice? He discovered God's provision at one of the most painful moments of his life where he thought he was going to lose everything. That is the place of the provision. And millions of Americans, millions of Americans are at the top of this very mountain spiritually. And this is the place that has a name and it's called Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Doesn't mean it's easy to be in that place, but it doesn't change that that is the place of provision. Next verse says that the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son. I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. Look at that. Your descendants will conquer the cities of your enemies. We all are worried about our children during this time. For those of us that have children. And the Bible says that because Abraham met God in that place, that his descendants won't 
have to fight the same battles. Beautiful. And it says, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. This message that I'm sharing with you today is simply called provision is a place. It's a place. God met Abraham at the place of provision, which was the place of sacrifice. I do want to pray for you, but I want to encourage you with something that I found out as I was preparing for this message. This mountain, the place of sacrifice, the mountain that God, that Abraham named, the Lord will provide. Abraham named the mountain Jehovah Jireh. This this mountain was called Mount Moriah, and it's a significant place throughout the scriptures. We are reading about it right now in Genesis chapter 22. And I want to tell you a couple of things that happened on Mount Moriah after Abraham named it, the Lord will provide. Mount Moriah is the place where God provided Genesis chapter 22. This is a really encouraging one. In 2 Samuel 24, this same mountain was the place where God stopped a plague. Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 3, this same mountain was the place where Solomon and God provided for Solomon to build the temple. Matthew 21, this same mountain, Mount Moriah, was the place where Jesus turned over the tables in frustration and anger in the temple because they were exchanging it and making it about money. And he said, this is supposed to be a house of prayer. The same place that Abraham sacrificed his son, Jesus turned over the tables. And most Bible scholars agree, Matthew 27, that this same mountain was the place that Jesus was crucified. This mountain has been providing for you and I for centuries, for thousands of years. Genesis 22, this mountain was the place where God provided. 2 Samuel 24, the place where God stopped a plague. 2 Chronicles 3, the place where Solomon built the temple. Matthew 21, the place where Jesus turned over the tables. And Matthew 27 was the place, Mount Moriah, same place, where a savior was provided for you and I. So we don't have to do um, this journey alone without God, our Father. And I want this place right there in your living room to feel like that mountain where you can encounter God's provision, where you can encounter God's presence, or maybe even God through your prayers would bring an end to this terrible disease that we are all being faced with.